Hello and welcome to the CISS podcast. This is the On the Spot series by China Forum. In this series, we return to the platform of international forums and webinars, where leading minds in academia, government, business, technology, and media deliver novel, collaborative responses to the global issues of the day. Welcome to CISS podcast on the Sport series. I'm Xiao Chen. The ongoing conflict between Russia and Ukraine has disrupted the global energy supply chain and spelled higher energy prices worldwide. While the European Union has slapped several rounds of sanctions on Russia, the bloc is yet to reach an agreement on how to impose sanctions on Russia's energy sector. Would EU successfully cut itself off from Russia's energy supply? How would EU's foreseeable energy crisis in the near future have impact on countries in the Asia Pacific? Zhou Ji, an CISS expert, also CEO and president of Energy Foundation China, shared his opinions at the CISS International Forum themed "The Changing Asia Pacific: United or Divided" in March 2022. Please stay tuned. On this very important event, I would like to make four points. My first point is to share with you the latest IPCC AR6. That means Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. The sixth assessment report released recently showed the urgency to address climate change. With more and more evidence for increasing number of extreme climate events. All over the world, certainly Asia Pacific region is part of them. With more and more floods, drought, typhoon, etc., the these leads dramatic damages on the economies on peoples. Even I would say the loss is not less than the war in Ukraine. So、uh, be very careful. This is my first point. My second point is recently everybody talk about the Ukraine war. And I would say Ukraine war absolutely changing the landscape of international energy market and、uh, make energy supply chain reshaped in near term and、uh, medium and long term. In short term, energy price will continue to keep high level together with the impact of QE monetary policy by major economies for rescue COVID pandemics driven recession since two years ago. But now we have double impact there to make oil and the gas and the coal price high.、Uh, as a matter of a neutral analysis in Asia Pacific region, I would say Western Asia and the Middle East economies, as well as U.S. as the oil and the gas exporters. Might benefit from high oil and gas prices. Oh, this might also related to Russia as the exporter of oil and gas. So I noted in the sanction scheme, oil and gas are excluded in the scheme from European side. In this region, Asia Pacific region, China, India, Japan, South Korea, we need to pay more. For importing high-priced oil and gas. By the way, for China, in the past,、uh, every year we spend two hundred to three hundred billion U.S. dollars to import oil and gas. So this is a very huge amount of payment. And、um, the long-lasting high energy price 
it not only good to address the risk of increasing inflation and even stagflation in U.S., China, and the rest of the world. So we should be also very careful to look at the impact on the overall economy, global economy, and the country economies. So now we are faced with another risk. I mean, recession and even depression. So the worst global recession and the depression is even a more fundamental risk. And also, in the longer term, according to the current statement by Europe and the U.S. for departure from energy independence on Russia, I have seen several things. Number one, the major measure for Europe to diversify its import of oil and gas by importing more oil and gas from Middle East, from Western Africa, and especially from U.S. So this is the major measure. And this will lead to increasing needs for capital investment in LNG, transport, terminal, mobile pipeline, storage facilities, and in ship tanks manufactured. Those need at least several years for engineering construction. So that means it's very hard for Europe to be apart from dependence on Russia's energy exports. So that said, I would say right after the war, it's very likely for Europe and Russia to come back together again to talk about the new energy deal. Anyway, Russia has much cheaper oil and gas supply. This is my assumption. And my third point is the crisis might make an opportunity for renewable to accelerate its development as a measure to support both energy security and the climate. Renewable is the ultimate way for energy security and a major measure to restructuring energy mix. Especially in China context, the cost of renewable power declined 90% in the past decade, and these continue to happen in the future. The production of renewable equipment and devices increased faster and faster. So that means that we will have a stronger and a stronger supply of renewable. Together with the development of the technology and the market, renewable is stepping into an accelerating stage. And this might also apply to Southeastern Asia and Southern Asia. So that means after China made the pledge to stop investment in coal-fired power, in overseas areas, maybe China, U.S., and uh, maybe also Europe can find another opportunity to cooperate to provide for assistance to those regions to accelerate the development of renewable. Finally, let me conclude my intervention by sharing with you. Now we have seen closer and closer link between geopolitics and climate cooperation. Unfortunately, these might make some worse impacts, especially taking the example of the proposal to put sanctions on the trade of solar parts in Xinjiang. By the way, Xinjiang's production of solar parts is extremely important not only for China, but also for the whole world to decline the price of solar. And if this kind of thing happens frequently, I do not see very positive impacts from the geopolitical dispute on climate agenda. Thank you.
Jessica is Mr. Zhou Ji, CEO and President of Energy Foundation China, sharing his perspectives on the impact of Russia-Ukraine conflict on the global energy market. Thank you for listening.